Welcome to the Go Vita podcast, where your vitality is our passion. It's time to supercharge your health and wellness to take the next step on being the best version of you. Let's get underway. Hello and welcome to the Go Vita podcast, the show dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest wellness advice so that you can enjoy the health and vitality that you deserve. Marcus Pierce here with you, CEO of the Wellness Couch Podcast Network and today we are speaking about all things Chinese herbal medicine. Our very special guest has been a true pioneer in the health and wellness landscape across Australia and the Western world. Paul Keogh established Fusion Health in 1999 with a range of products developed over the preceding 15 years incorporating over 2,000 years of traditional Eastern and Western herbal wisdom to help improve the health of Australians and the world at large. Paul, a very sincere welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Marcus, and thanks for the introduction. So good to have you on again. You are a wealth of information and I just love our conversations. I'm going to start off with what I feel like is a simple question, but I really think it's worth asking. In your own words, what exactly is traditional Chinese medicine? Well, uh, traditional Chinese medicine, or as a lot of people will know it, called a TCM, developed uh, quite a different worldview to that of the Western philosophical worldview which gave rise to or the greek philosophical worldview that gave rise to western herbal medicine so you see this sort of difference purely from a philosophical perspective where the greek philosophers argued that everything was composed of um, four core elements and people would know that being earth air fire and water and those elements were fixed but the chinese imagined the world derived of five more processes but they were elemental processes very foundational um, and those five were uh, wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, but they transformed. And the transformation of those elements was what the stuff of life was made of. And, you know, it sounds really folksy and it sounds incredibly, you know, outdated, but we see it in our daily lives now, the transformation of those elements, which which underpin our health and wellness. So, from my perspective as a practitioner, by starting to look at my my patients from a, a more Eastern perspective without divorcing myself from the, the Western perspective, I was able to gain insight into how states of disease uh, evolve and or manifest and evolve. It's a wonderful conversation and, and I know we could talk about this forever, but some of the common terms that come up and, and when we hear about uh, traditional Chinese medicine, or as you say, TCM, uh, you just spoke about the five elements. So, that's this five element theory that, that we speak about. But then we've got yin and yang and so many other and, and jing I see a lot these days. Can you just help join the dots for the consumers, myself being one of them because, you know, you've got so much experience in this field and, and I'm a curious consumer like everyone else is. From a TCM perspective, can you help join the dots with some of these what are now today buzz terms for people? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's probably a good idea to also look at, at, at nature again because human bodies are, refle- are a reflection of the, the natural order <clears throat> and the Chinese philosophy is all about creating harmony and balance. So if we look at nature again and we say, what's what's the dominant um, energetic state during winter, the dormancy of winter where life is somewhat restrained, where growth of plants is restricted and and hibernation is common. You know, this this stage of life or of the cycle of life is a, a, a yin stage. It's a yin stage. And just as there are five elements, there are also five seasons, we know. 
And it's through the different seasons we'll see the transformation of yin or the balance of yin and yang move more towards the yang and then back towards the yin. So let's say from winter, which is a very dominant yin state, we go to spring and the life of plants starts to emerge and starts to, the plants start to grow. <clears throat> the, that stage is where yang becomes more active. Summer, yang is very active, incredibly dynamic and powerful in its in its dominance of the of the energetic balance of life and then we have autumn which is is the fourth season and and we see that that season um again sort of starting to see yin become a little more dominant until it turns to winter where we see yin as the dominant element again and it's the yin and yang or the dualistic balance between the push and pull of the energetic forces that that drives the movement of chi or the life force in our bodies as well as in nature and and for people to say oh this is all old hat and it's irrelevant <laughs> to to health and wellness today is to deny the obvious which is nature still is governed by these forces oh, this is absolutely fascinating so you've mentioned chi can you weave this into this conversation of the of the yin and the yang, and, and I'd love to talk about the, the yin and the yang, so within the body, like we've spoken about the yeah. seasons and then yeah. how is yeah. that reflected yeah. in the body, but you've mentioned this word chi, and again, you hear yeah. it all the time these days. Can you put into words what we're talking about uh, when you say that word chi? So, so chi is, I mean, in some respects, it's considered the life force, but, but it's a very subtle um, state of, 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 of energy, which um, supports life, which vitalizes and in, an, in and animates our body. So it vitalizes and animates our body. And this was how, you know, the, the ancients understood vitality. Chi was foundational and it would also transform. So the chi of the air we breathe into our body, into our lungs, but the organ systems of the body have to transform that. So the the air that we breathe comes with vital energy. We then take that vital energy and we transform it into defensive energy to fight infections and support our immune system. Let's say the chi that comes in via the food, every plant has its own energy. We have to transform that energy into our own to give life to our own body. If we fail to transform the energy of the food we eat, well, obviously, we die. Yeah. You know, we get sick <clears throat> and it's it, and it's the failure to adequately transform the energy and to properly utilize the energy from nature that 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 results in the development of disease. It's the proper transformation of energy from nature and from our food that supports health and vitality in our own bodies. And so we talked about the air, the lungs are, the, are an organ. You said they were a yin organ earlier in our conversation. It's very true. They are a yin organ. Most of the yin organs, well, all of the yin organs are the solid organs in our body. So the lungs are considered a solid organ. The spleen and is another solid organ, and it's responsible for transforming the vital energy of food. And between the lung and the spleen, they act like a gyroscope, you know? They act like a gyroscope to keep the chi moving in our body. 
It's a phenomenal concept. Oh, you've got me fascinated. You have got me hook, line, and sinker at the moment. And then the yang organs, the the gallbladder, the small and large intestine, the stomach, and the the bladder. Yes. They are – so um, how do you describe them? I just lost for for words what you just said about the firm. Would you say the firm organ or the – Oh, so they're, they're the hollow organs. Hollow, they're right. They're the hollow organs. Yeah. And they've always got things yeah. moving in them. At different times That's of right. the day, there's always exactly. something different happening in there. Exactly. Exactly. They're, they're a very yang-dominant organ system because they've always got something moving. The stomach is constantly churning. The, mm. the gallbladder is producing, uh, is sort of containing bile and excreting the bile for the processes of digestion. Now, we're, we're seeing these very simplistically from a from an anatomical or physiological perspective, very Western-oriented. But in TCM, those five elements, the wood, the fire, the earth, the metal, and, and the water, are associated with the five primary organ meridian systems. So let's say, for example, fire, okay? What, what, what do you think fire is, a, is, is the element of? Which organ system? Which which what? yin organ system? Oh, okay. Well, I'm I, I'm going to say the heart. You're right. You're okay. absolutely right. You're right. Twenty dollars for me. Fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yep. It's Come on down. Yep. And and <laughs> we're, we're getting you the points. We'll start to, to to crank them up now. Now, what's interesting is that the earth, the earth is is the element associated with spleen. You see, because the spleen has to transform nutrients. The uh-huh. metal yep. is the element associated with the lung because metal, the, 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 the more rarefied, they say, element in the sense that it, it has a lot of dormancy and, and it's important for extracting the, the essential elements of oxygen and, and so on from the air. So you can see how transformative and important that is. Wow. The water is, is the element of the solid organ system hidden. The kidney, kidney, yeah, and there's a lot of conversation in the West about kidneys and water and hydration and dehydration and all the rest of it. So totally. you can see how we do adopt it when we want to, don't we? And then we call you it do. old hat when we don't. Yeah, when we when we don't when it doesn't fit into our philosophical paradigm. But but you know what I managed, I guess, in my career from a practitioner through to an entrepreneur developing a range of practitioner standard medicines for retail. Where, where, where practitioners could have confidence in recommending them for therapeutic, real therapeutic effects, <clears throat> was I, I, I managed to p- convey a deeper understanding of what underpinned the science of what we're doing today. Mm. And, and, and I don't see the traditional wisdom and traditional knowledge should be seen as old hat because we built our science upon it. Yeah, it's fascinating. This is all right. So now again, I've just got consumer questions. So please indulge me, Paul, as I, I go through this because I am I'm listening with uh, just yeah excitement really when I when I hear you speak. You spoke about uh, a lot of the organs. Am I? Am, so I've got a couple of questions here. Yang seems really high energy, and Yin seems very constant. I don't want to say passive, but when I think of winter and I think of the liver and the heart and the spleen and the lung and the kidney, it's almost like it's quite predictable it's in a pattern it's not very volatile and then yang it could be you know when you eat your intestines are working hard and then they're digesting and all of the rest of it and then i think of summer you, t- you spoke about the seasons and yang is a very summer 
yeah. energy and it's energy. i think of yang it's yeah. you're outdoors you're swimming in yeah. the pool you're active you're catching up do it. and then we, i think of yin it's very <laughs> hide in the cave it's like you know the yeah. bear hiding in the cave it's it's less social i don't want to go out because it's raining and it's cold and it's wet and it's gray how does this yeah. then transfer over to the body. So someone listening here, they're, they're like me, uh, they're curious to go and see a TCM um, or they want to learn about their body from a, a TCM philosophy. How does this then translate to, I don't, you know, it, what, whether it's from a symptom perspective or the way they're feeling yeah. or the yeah. way they yeah. need to uh, um, uh, improve their nutritional profile, how does this conversation then translate into physical health? Well, <clears throat> let's let's take a, a, a an example that's close to to my heart because it was the first example I ever used in my clinical practice to highlight for myself and my patients the importance of understanding the energetics of the body. And that was the menopause, okay? Yes. So so during menopause, from the Western perspective, we have hormonal decline. So <clears throat> a reduction in the production of essential hormones to maintain normal tissue integrity and organ function and, and nervous system uh, balance and dynamics you know so um the the menopause is a significant change in life but from a tcm perspective that change is associated with imbalances of yin and yang now what they find or what what it's been interpreted as a relative well a deficiency of yin because like you said those yin organ systems are what um provide potential for normal organ function so they the yin energy is what grounds or or preserves or holds the potential for an organ system to express its function when it's when the organ system expresses its function it's expressing a yang energy okay yep so when when the the kidney secretes or sorry excretes the urine and delivers it to the bladder the bladder has to expel it and that's a yang function yeah that's active if it's active it's yang yep the kidney's processing is is somewhat Passive, like yes. you said, the kidney holds the potential for for processing, and in that processing, there is a yang element. But fundamentally, the kidney preserves the capacity of the body to eliminate waste via the water, via the liquid element of the body, the liquid element. I mean, do you see? So absolutely, so the, kidney, the kidneys have to be strong in that in that capacity. They have to have adequate yin energy. To continue to process um, toxins and substances and eliminate waste via the bladder. Now, when the menopause hits, we get a deficiency of yin and a relative excess of yang, which results in heat, which naturally rises, causing flushing in the upper part uh, of the body gotcha. and dryness of the membranes, and the, especially in the upper part of the body, but also in the urinary system, in the vaginal mucosa you get dryness with dryness you get dysfunction of the yang organ system yes you see the yang yes. organ systems are the hollow organ systems if they get dry they can't work properly so you then get this sort of deficiency of <clears throat> yin resulting in a relative excess of yang although the yang is constrained and can't do its work properly so it tends to cause all sorts of havoc in the body wow. and you get you get irritation of the heart because if the yang's not exercised properly through its various channels, it will rise up. 
the heat will inflame, not inflame in the way we understand inflammation from a Western perspective, but irritate. Yep. The, the, one of the most important um, organ systems, the heart, which is already a fire element, the last thing you want to do is throw oil on the fire, as it were. Yang yeah. is like the oil on the fire of the heart because it will just in, it flare up that energy. So you can get insomnia, you can get mood changes and irritability. You get joint inflammation because of the dryness of, of the body. The yang that's retained is drying out the body. You can get incontinence and bowel problems. And 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 if you look at all of the symptoms, as I did with my, my discovery at the time, or my revelation, it wasn't my discovery, it was a revelation, that the menopause represented a classical indication of yin deficiency with relative yang excess, which which and and from a TCM perspective, the the source of that yin yang is the kidney organ meridian system, the jing, which you mentioned before. The jing is the charge that's held in our battery. The kidney organ meridian system is the body's battery. It's where the jing is stored, like like the charge of a battery, and then it transforms like the two poles, the 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 negative pole and the positive pole, and the energy has to flow between those poles. So it flows from the negative to the positive. And and this is the way the energy flows. And it's in the expression of the yin that yang gains its power. It's in the expression of yang that yin has the capacity to hold itself in check and prepare for the, the next wave of yin, which will give rise to, to the yang expression. It's the seasonal cycle. It happens in our body. It's a real thing. If it's dysfunctional, it causes disease. And we need to understand this as part of a more holistic approach, which is the TCM understanding, incorporating it into a more Western philosophy or a more Western medical approach, um, utilizing the science uh, that we know also to be true. Well, this is this is an absolutely fascinating conversation, and I love the way you're talking about it from a TCM perspective in a, in a symbiotic uh, relationship between, say, yin and yang using the example. But then also what I think is a really important point to discuss is a symbiosis between, say, uh, let's say Western herbal medicine um, and traditional Chinese medicine. So can we talk about how, um, I suppose, at a, on a on an early level, TCM differs from Western and herbal medicine, but then also as we get along, how the two really work hand in hand, which is really kind of your life story, really, isn't it? Is discovering yeah, how to uh, make the best of both um, philosophies. Yeah. So I think I think if if we're talking, let's just talk herbal medicine. So the Western herbal medicine is very much prescribed on a scientific basis, where we understand um, pharmacological effects. We understand chemistry. The chemistry underpins the pharmacological effects. <clears throat> which is essential. If you don't get those effects right, then you're not going to have an influence in the body. The pharmacological effects can be, let's say, anti-inflammatory. Okay? Anti-inflammatory yep. is a particular pharmacological effect. But underpinning that has to be some chemistry. Let's say curcumin or, or salicin, which comes from willow bark. These anti-inflammatory compounds that, that have this pharmacological effect which delivers a therapeutic benefit do you see so this is the way western herbal medicine tends to be applied there you can go deeper into the history of western herbal medicine 
and see the elemental theory also. But I won't get into that today. It, it, it's, it's seen as, I guess, historical and artifactual. Very few herbalists these days really practice it. Yep, it's Whereas, very cause and effect. Yes, yeah, yep. it is. It is very, very much. It's a very linear effect. You get a stimulation, you get a suppression or a, or a sedation, you see? Stimulation, sedation is, is that sort of dualistic cause and effect. But in the TCM philosophy, you, you need to understand the body's energetics first. You need to understand where the imbalances are and the deficiencies or the excesses are, like we talked about menopause. So there, there is a, a, a deficiency of yin and this sort of disturbance of yang function, which causes it to dissipate in the wrong direction, causing flushing and heating of the body. How do you get that dynamic back into balance? This is what the TCM practitioner asks themselves. And an understanding of herbal medicine and the, the energetic qualities of the herbs, not the pharmacological effects, they're, second, they're sort of another layer, layer of insight, but they're not primary. What's primary is what is the energetic effect we need to understand to bring balance back to the body? So what the Chinese <clears throat> practitioners discovered uh, is that there are certain herbs that have yin tonifying action. And you go, how did they discover that? <laughs> you know, like how did they discover that these yin tonifying herbs can correct the imbalance in menopause, which then cascades through the system to support an anchoring of the yang so it doesn't float, which supports organ systems that function normally. You know how we said earlier, the yin is primal in yeah. terms of its energetic role in supporting physiological organ systems to function properly and express their function in, in a balanced and harmonious way with the rest of the body. Well, this yin element is important for that. So the menopause is frequently treated with yin tonifying herbs. They're kidney tonifying as well because that's where the source of yin and yang is, 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 is housed, the jing. So we tonify the yin and also we support the yang in a healthy way to go in the direction it should go. And by doing that, we create harmony and balance in the system. So the herbs very much are understood from an energetic perspective that influences the disharmony within the body. In, a, in an Eastern context, in a Western context, we see the pharmacological effects being underpinned by chemistry to have a therapeutic effect. Now, you might say, well, they're just different paradigms, aren't they? And I'll go, well, I guess, but the beauty is that they overlap. If you overlay them, you see this incredible complementarity where if you study the Chinese herbs from a Western herbal perspective, you get to understand the pharmacology. You get to understand the chemistry and then the pharmacology, and you see how these energetic principles actually underpin all herbal medicine, not just TCM herbal medicine. A wonderful book written by Peter Holmes called Jade Remedies talks about TCM herbs from a Western herbal perspective, and another one he wrote called The Energetics of Western Herbs talks about the TCM energetics of Western herbs. Oh, that's great. You know, like yes. there really is... All we're talking about here are degrees of 
of sort of, uh, I guess, of fundamental uh, uh, nature. And you know how, and I'm not saying this is a this is a quantum physics phenomenon. It's not. But you know how quantum physics has gone through and delved deeper and deeper into matter mm-hmm. to discover that matter is essentially vibrating energy. Yes. Well, what's different to what the TCM practitioners discovered centuries ago? That, a, yeah. that underpinning health and disease, underpinning nature, is a is a vibrational um, phenomenon, which they call chi, and the chi is influenced by the flux and flow of yin and yang, where yin is the flux and yang is the flow, and within the body's uh, organ meridian system is a reflection of nature on an elemental level, and you can assign organs to those elements. And you can understand the flow of the seasons and how that influences the organ systems and how the organ systems influence the harmony of, of the body and ultimately manifesting health. It's a it's wonderful not, it's not rocket science, Mark. No, what what it what it is to me, it's a wonderful conversation around the power of the past, uh, where we're at in the present with almost trying to understand or wanting to understand how the past works, is, which is what you're talking about with that pharmacological perspective of really wanting to know on a, on a, on a biochemistry level how everything exactly. is working. I suppose well, then the yeah. qu- question is now about the future and I suppose, you know, guiding principles for developing modern Chinese herbal medicine? Because this is probably where, again, if we combine uh, the the two, is what what would you say are the current guiding principles for developing Chinese herbal medicine in, in a modern environment? That's a, <clears throat> that's a really, really good question. And it's one of the, I guess, if you look at the work I've done over 30 years, it fundamentally um, can be can be defined in a in a pyramidal sort of um, symbol, <clears throat> where let's say the herbs and the nutrients we we have as the base for this pyramid, right? So the herbs yep. and the nutrients, and we understand them from this sort of uh, elemental level or a pharmacological, uh, not a pharmacological, a, a chemical level, okay? The elemental level or the chemical level. So we understand both herbs and nutrients from both levels. Then you get the energetics, the energetics of health and wellness, where you're looking at the body and going, what, like we just said, how does this all in- interact and relate? And we've discussed this most of today. Then you uh, layer that on the, on the next level of the pedestal of the pyramid with the pharmacology and the Western physiology. And you see how the patterns start to emerge. Building this pyramid beyond that, you layer it with traditional evidence. The traditional evidence is really important. It gives us insights into how these patterns evolve over time to create and progress disease. You know, like in the West, we're often stumped. Oh, you know, why is it that um, why is it that people with allergies, respiratory allergies, often have a lot of bowel problems? Why is it they get irritable bowel or they have problems with um, Resistance and normal microflora. Why? Why is this a connection between the lungs and the and the and the and the large intestine? Well, it's not. Should not be surprising. If, well, it would not be surprising if you understood a little bit of the energetics, because in the TCM philosophy, the the lung is the yin organ meridian system, who's partnered with the large intestine, the yang organ meridian system. 
So when something goes wrong in the yin organ meridian system, you can often look to its yang partner and see what's going wrong there to give you insights into the course of disease and vice versa. So if we understand the physiology of the body and we have an, a deep appreciation for the energetics of, of the organ meridian system as described earlier today, we'll be better prepared to then delve into the scientific research and appreciate how you can take clinical evidence and apply it therapeutically. This is it. This is the, the pyramid. When you talk about, you know, that scientific evidence and the research and the clinical insights, of course, there's going to be um, chemical uh, um, sort of identified chemical compounds, which modern medicine takes and then converts to drugs. That's the, the goal of modern uh, pharmaceutical medicine development. They, they literally take a very short pyramid. They only have three or four steps, as it were, within the pyramid, which is traditional evidence has some value in terms of sourcing information, but it's relative. It's re relegated to historical artifact of no significance. It's like discovering something afresh. It's like a gold miner that finds gold somewhere in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whether traditional knowledge knew of that or not is irrelevant. They discovered it. Mm -hmm. Science is the expression of that discovery. And active compounds and standardization is the holy grail. If you can identify an active compound, standardize it, and then synthesize it, you've got a patentable compound you can take to market mm. with a therapeutic claim that you, you've um, confirmed in, in clinical trials. Well, my approach and the approach of many, many modern TCM practitioners is to build that hierarchical pyramid on a sound, found, a sound foundation where it's only basically the last three steps of the pyramid, the science, the active compound and standardization, and the therapeutic claims that are similar to the scientific model. We have this deep, more solid foundation because we're built on traditional evidence. <clears throat> and it's the traditional evidence, I've got to say, Marcus, that gives us the confidence to be able to say, we know, at least from a, from a traditional evidence perspective, that this stuff works. Exactly. You know, and there's legitimacy to this. And there's thousands and thousands of years of history and of, of, of success and improvements. And generations and, of practitioners. Like, yep. what they say? It's, um, well, so, a generation is, is, uh, two, is, is say, 20, 20 to 25 years. So, there's, yep. there's something like, um, what is it, 60 generations yes. of humans that have gone... It's a lot more comforting than this than... body of knowledge. Sixty <laughs> generations. Yeah, I, I find it way more comforting. And yeah. to some extent, I go, well, I don't have to have, I don't have to live in one world or the other. Yes, I'm, I'm a modern human being. I yes. can live in both worlds. Oh, I can appreciate the past and take it forward into the future with confidence because I have a, a sound foundation in an understanding of that. Yeah. Of, our, of the legacy of those sixty generations of pioneering practitioners in the TCM world. Oh, and that's what we love about you, Paul, and I think it's a wonderful philosophy for all of our listeners to really sink their teeth into, and that is uh, living in the best of both worlds and not being so conscripted to one way or another. Paul, I'm feeling very learned. I feel like I've learned a lot about the past. <laughs> I feel like I have a good understanding of the present and a really uh, strong view on uh, where we are going in the future, particularly around TCM and integrating it into our modern world. Thank you so much again for joining us on the Go Vita Absolutely podcast. Really. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks. Thanks for the invitation.
Our pleasure. To all of our listeners, hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you have, the best thing to do is to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. Show your friends and family how to listen to podcasts. You will open up a whole new world for them. And particularly on this episode, you will educate them to no end as well. Spread the love by leaving a review on iTunes. And then make sure you head on over to govita.com.au where you can check out the latest Go magazine. That's GoVita's quarterly magazine with recipes, tips, special offers, and a whole lot more. And remember, when next you're doing your shopping, make sure you do so in one of the GoVita stores around Australia because at Go Vita, your vitality is our passion. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.